welcome back to the top 25 voter pod we are talking college basketball uh with me as always is my friend john werner johnny how are you oh good bryce another uh exciting night last night big 12 yeah no doubt your game seemed to drag on a little bit uh Boy. For a while, I was wondering if the women's and men's game were going to finish at the same time, despite the men starting an hour earlier. But Well, a lot of free throws will do that. Yeah, a lot of foul calls. Uh, let's talk a little bit of uh, Baylor basketball. So, uh, Keontae George, what can you say about that guy? Uh, he went off for 32 points in <laughs> Baylor's 83-78 uh, to 78 win at West Virginia on Wednesday. For the season, uh, Keontae is now averaging 17.8 points, uh, 4.6 rebounds, 3.4 assists. So we know this guy's a one-and-done guy. He looks like a lottery pick. Is he the best freshman of the Scott Drew era? Yeah, as we know, Scott's had a lot of really good freshmen here. Among those, I would put uh, Aaron Bruce, Curtis Jarrells, Tweety Carter, uh, Isaiah Austin. Um, Jeremy Sohan was a really good freshman last year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say he is the best. And really, the only guy I think you can compare him to is Aaron Bruce as a freshman. I looked up Aaron's stats, uh, 2004-05. He averaged... 18.2 points, 3.8 assist, uh, 39.9 three-point percentage, 47 field goal, 82.8 free throw. Those are pretty awesome stats. Aaron, Aaron Bruce was a really good shooter. Uh, yeah. Wasn't he also a little bit older as a freshman? Yes. Uh, yeah, he uh, he played a lot internationally uh, for some uh, Australian national team. So, yeah, he was very experienced. Um, he, I would I would give um, Keontae a slight edge. Uh, well, to me. Uh, so this is a different question. And, OK. Uh, to me. And, and there's really no doubt. I don't even think this is a question. I think. Deontay is going to end up being Scott Drew's best NBA player. Mm, um, okay. He, you can just see the potential there. Um, and, and he, he's had some, some good NBA players, some guys in the league right now that are, uh, you know, doing their thing. Uh, most of them are a little bit more of role players. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Especially the guys in the league right now. I mean, uh, Royce O'Neal has really carved out a, a, a nice niche with the Nets. Uh, he was with Utah for a number of years, but he's kind of a, a glue guy. Um, Ish Wainwright's kind of an incredible story because I, I think a yeah. lot of people didn't really see him um, making it into the NBA. Um, you've got uh, – Davion Mitchell out at Sacramento, who's, you know, getting some run. I kind of was expecting maybe a little bit more of a breakout season from Davion. Uh, He's had his ups and downs, but um, 
you know, and then obviously he's had, had past players as well. And, and he's still got other guys in the league too. Torian uh, Prince is a, another one. Um, but I just watching Keontae with the skills that he has as a ball handler, as a finisher, his hang time is incredible. He'll go up in the air, hang there, wait for everybody to come down, then shoot it, you know, uh, that's NBA stuff. And that, oh, yeah. that will translate to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Going back to the two seasons by Aaron and Keontae. Uh, now, obviously Keontae's got a lot better players around him. Uh, Aaron, you know, that was really Scott's first big recruit. And uh, I, I think what he did was really remarkable considering Teams knew he was going to shoot the ball. He is the main guy. I think Keontae's got a little less pressure on him. But like you said, the the upside, <laughs> well, there really isn't any comparison in the upside. Uh, I mean, Keontae's, <clears throat> he might be the best, he might be the best ath- athlete Scott's ever had. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and that's saying something too, because uh, he's had, He's had a few blue chip recruits. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he, he really has. And, uh, you know, I, I think he was better than even uh, Jared Butler as a freshman. Uh, Jared, he averaged about 10 points. Um, he, you know, he didn't shoot the ball as much as Keontae, but he did have 31 at Kansas, uh, one of his freshman games. So, but, but yeah, I, I would give Keontae the edge. Um, yeah, he's he's a great player. Yeah, no doubt. You mentioned uh, Isaiah Austin. I had looked up um, his stats, and uh, let's see. I had him right here. See if I can find it. Uh, he averaged like 13 points, eight rebounds, and yeah. almost two blocks a game as a freshman. Um, you know, obviously we know what kind of – transpired with Isaiah's career, but, um, but certainly was, you know, he was solid. Like you said, there's, uh, Scott's had some good ones step in and and make an immediate impact, but Deontay, uh, is definitely special. There's no question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's switch gears to the women. The Baylor women um, suffered their first Big 12 loss uh, Wednesday night against at home against Oklahoma State. Um, and a large part of that uh, was six for 29 from three-point range. It was uh, – I thought they were going to collect all the bricks and build a house for the homeless. Uh, it, was, it was ugly. Um, so, you know, you watch the women too. I mean, are the uh, Bears balanced enough to survive these kind of poor shooting nights? Yeah, uh, I, I think, you know, uh, I think they've got a, enough good inside players to, to maybe, you know, win. But boy, this poor of a shooting night, I don't know. That's a stretch. I think pretty much against anybody. I, I mean, uh you know, they've got to at least have decent three-point shooting, it seems like to me. Certainly. Uh, so, uh, you know, of course we asked Nikki about the shooting after the game. And um, 
she was really despondent last night after the game. She just, um, you know, I, I, I know she knew um, they could lose. She, I think she was just disappointed in, in the, the lack of focus is one of the things that she, she really talked about um, in terms of the shooting. She, she bristled a little bit because she, I think she's heard probably from fans Oh, they just live and die by the three. Why are they shooting so many? You know, if they keep missing like that, why are they shooting so many? Well, and I completely understood what she was saying. First of all, she said, if you watch basketball, you realize we don't shoot that many. Like 30% of our shots are threes. Mm -hmm. In modern basketball, that's not that many. Yeah. Uh, But she's big on taking the shot that the defense gives you or – you know, taking the best shot for that position, the open shot, getting it to the to the person who's open. And Baylor is pretty good at that. And a lot of those looks last night, I mean, were really, really good looks. And mm-hmm. that they they just have to make some of those. I mean, and with all of that, you know, woeful shooting last night, they still had a chance to win the game. They uh, missed a pair of free throws that uh, would have, you know, one free throw would have tied it, two would have put them ahead. That was with like two minutes left. Um, then they got a stop, and then they came down, and Bella Fontelroy, freshman, threw the ball out of bounds. And, you know, so those that wasn't even three-point misses that there. That was free, hitting free throws, taking care of the ball. And then the other thing that was big last night was Nikki was probably more frustrated with some of their defensive lapses than she was their shooting last night. Uh, I think she knows shooting is going to come and go, but uh, defense is has been really big for them in this 3-0 and start to the Big 12, and defense last night got them in trouble. You know, I mean, uh, it, was, it was a little lacking, and so they just got to get back to that, and I think they'll be fine, and I think – you know, they're one of the top contenders for the Big 12 championship. So okay. we'll see how it plays out. Uh, back to the men, and let's talk about their defense. So <laughs> uh, they rank last in the Big 12. They allow a- an average of 85 points in this one and three Big 12 start. 70.3 they've allowed on the season. So how can this Scott Drew team um, improve on defense and who are the best candidates to kind of step up as the stopper? (laughs) Well, you know, Scott's mentioned it many times. Uh, They've got to get better at transition defense, but uh, last night he even went to a zone a little bit, uh, which they haven't really played much in the last few years, but I can see him maybe using it a little more this year, especially against teams that don't really shoot the three real well, like West Virginia. I mean, they're just kind of average shooting the three, but they really need one or two guys uh, to step up as a defensive stopper. And that's something they've had in recent years. National championship game, Davion Mitchell was the defensive player of the year nationally. Mark Vidal was an incredible defensive player. Uh, They called him the villain because yeah. he liked that role. Yeah. Uh, last year, Sohan, he he could guard anybody on the floor. Uh, uh, Jonathan Chamo-Chachua, 
really good defensive player. So I think probably their best defensive player is out and probably won't be back this year, who is Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, but I think a guy like Jalen Bridges will, will have to step into that role. He had a good game last night. He had 11 rebounds, 10 points. Uh, and he's a guy, a guy who I think can guard a lot of positions. So, so they need him to maybe, you know, just kind of embrace that role a little bit more. And I think Adam Flagler's gotten better defensively. Uh, he he's bulked up. Um, he looks a lot stronger. So, you know, I think he can maybe maybe protect help them protect the lane a little bit. I think he's strong enough to maybe stop guys from driving so much. But but yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be as good a defensive team as they've had in the last few years, even with these guys. Uh, but th- they need a couple guys to embrace a, a stopper role a, a little more. Let me throw another name in there. And this is also an excuse just to kind of uh, <laughs> bring this name into the conversation. Cause it's just fun. Uh, as you know, my wife was watching uh, <laughs> Baylor last week and, uh, and she was like, did he just say old John Werner? <laughs> and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And uh, she, he said, no, there he said it again, old John Werner. And I was like, oh, you mean <laughs> old Joanna? <laughs> right. Uh, what is his first name, old Joanna? Josh. Josh. Uh, I'm, could he be a little bit of the everyday John Mark vital kind of enforcer down there. I think he could, but as a freshman, I don't think he's quite strong enough, you know, just to be a a tough guy in there. Uh, But yeah, I I think he's going to have that role in years to come. Yeah. He's got to grow into his old John Wernerness. You know, that's, that's their problem. They've been playing defense like old John. Werner. (laughs) So, uh, you know, that's something they've got to break. (laughs) <laughs> no doubt no doubt well i'm with you they definitely miss everyday john uh mm-hmm. his his contributions while maybe subtle um were significant you know i mean he was tough he you know um and and then you obviously mentioned some some unbelievable perimeter defenders like Davion Mitchell, who was, you know, national defensive player of the year. You know, those guys don't grow on trees. Um, you know, where's, where's Keontae's defense at this point? Well, what, where, how would you rate it? I, you know, he really hustles and he's not afraid to take a charge. Uh, but you know, just kind of like Josh, I mean, it's tough for a freshman to step into that role because they usually aren't strong enough yet. And, uh, you know, the Big 12 is a really physical league. So, I mean, strength is really important for guys, for anybody. So, you know, just as a freshman, I, I think it's hard to really take on that role. Yeah. Um, so we know the Big 12, both men's and women's, is very good. It's, a, it's you know, um, certainly – one of the top conferences, if not the top conference in the men's side. And um, I would say it's on the rise in the women's side. Mm-hmm. Um, how many big 12 men's teams do you expect to make the tournament? I'm going to say eight, wow. which, which would be a record. Uh, uh, Joe Lenardi uh, put out a, a bracket 
bracketology a couple of days ago. He had nine in. Wow. He had everybody but Texas Tech. Yeah, you know, Cooper and I were talking about this. Cooper, my son, uh, he he said, do you think 10 teams could make it? And I was like, wow. I mean, it just sort of blew my mind even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But, but it, you know, it's in play. It's in play, but, you know, teams, some teams tend to drop off. Others will get hot. I think I think if you get seven Big 12 wins, you're, you're probably going to make it. Six, I don't know. That'd be a six and 12 record in conference. But, man, it's just a, you know, it's a gauntlet. It, and I think it's stronger than ever, top to bottom. Uh, the most they've ever had are seven teams, uh, and they've done that six times. Mm. Last year they had six teams. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think eight would probably be the max. Uh, seven, you know, if some teams start dropping off. Yeah, so from the women's side, uh, of course, they did expand to 68 teams uh, to kind of match the men's tournament um, last year. Um, that that adds, you know, four extra spots in there. Currently, um, there are four Big 12 teams ranked. Mm-hmm. And then there are others that I would say are knocking on the door. Nine of the 10 teams in the Big 12 right now um, have winning records. Nine of the uh, 10 have at least 11 wins uh, overall on the season. And get this, I mean, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of the 10 have at least one top 25 win on the wow. season, okay. um, which is pretty good. Um, and most of them are... Uh, it's not like they're one in four. They're like one in one, you know, or whatever. Um, so all that to say, though, uh, the the parity in the women's game has really elevated uh, itself. I mean, it's it's maybe not quite at the level of the men's game, but it's getting there. I yeah. mean, in, in each week, you see top 25 teams go down, obviously. You saw that last night with the Baylor women losing, you know, to an unranked uh, Oklahoma State team who I thought, you know, looked pretty good. Um, So uh, so there's good teams all over the country that are going to steal bids, too. Um, But I'm going to go with six on the Mm -hmm. women's side. Um, Those probably those four ranked teams and then maybe two more. Um, And then I would say, you know. They put at least three probably in the WNIT, but, um, but yeah, uh, I, I think Baylor, Iowa state are looking, you know, uh, obviously very good for, you know, pretty, pretty decent seeds. Uh, Oklahoma and Kansas are ranked, um, Texas, the Texas women are a weird team. Um, they've been kind of up and down. They've dealt with some injuries. Rory Harmon is really a really good point guard. Um, they're, they're talented. They're just, um, they're, they're just weird. I mean, I, uh, maybe, maybe they're a little like the football team, you know, they're, uh, you never know what you're going to get with them, but, um, and then, you know, someone out of that Texas, Oklahoma state, West Virginia, Kansas State, Texas Tech mix. Uh, two of those teams, I say, get in. Um, and, you know, we'll just see how it plays out in terms of, you know, it's kind of about 
a lot of it's about how you finish the year, honestly, you know, um, if you finish, yeah. finish strong, that usually position positions you well for a bid. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say six right now, and maybe we'll address it again later in the year and, and see if we amend our, our predictions at all. But, uh, but I'd say the big 12 is looking strong on both sides. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, like you said, the women, there's a lot more parity than there used to. Yeah. Used to be. And uh and the the men, I mean, it, it is just so tough top to bottom. And you, you just don't see that in any other league, you know, where you can have, you know, like the eighth or ninth team be really strong. Right. So uh it's uh it's hard. And you know, three of Baylor's first four games have really gone down to one possession. Yeah. Which to me is fun. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, um, I I guess if you're a Baylor fan, let's go back to the women for a second. I'm sure they, uh, on a lot of levels, loved it when Kim Mulkey could kind of roll out the ball and Baylor would win by 40. (laughs) You know, Uh, they were just that much better than everybody. But, um, but to me, it's, it's more fun when the league is competitive and when you do have oh, yeah. close games and um, you know, it, it is a battle. I think, I think that actually prepares you well for the tournament. Oh yeah. I can, I completely agree with that. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I see teams doing really well in the tournament, uh, you know, especially like the men's uh, there's a lot of really great guards and usually if, if you have really good guard play, that, that'll get you pretty far. Yeah, no doubt. So the Baylor men uh, home this weekend to Oklahoma State, correct? Right. Yeah, I'd say uh, they they really need to win that. They got two road games next week. Yeah. And then the women uh, will hit the road again. Uh, They've done well on the road in the Big 12, Mm -hmm. but they will go to Morgantown um, on Sunday and uh, try to get another road win. Um, So we'll see how that goes. I I. I like their chances. I think, you know, this game last night is probably a little bit of a wake-up call for them. So Mm -hmm. we'll see how it plays out, and we'll see you guys next week on the podcast. See you guys.